Good to have you back, Peter Goffwood. Good morning, good morning. Hey, Vanessa, great to be back on the show. It's always great when you realise it's Friday morning. I know. When I see its pinch of salt on my, then I know the weekend is not far ahead. So it's always good to speak to you for that reason. Um, before we get to today's topic, um, apart from all the food advice and everything, of course, and it's a scintillating conversation, I um, last week we had this wonderful conversation about fire diabetes. And um, yeah. I think uh, it's the, the next um, sort of, um, what's it, course or starts tomorrow. Am I right? Or has yeah, it started already? Great. No, it starts tomorrow. Okay. So can people still slide in there with the last registration? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, without, without a doubt. Then we still have, I mean, the, the fact that it's virtual means we have unlimited space. You know, so, so we can, the group, the size of the group is not really too much of an issue. Um, and, and tomorrow starts is more of a welcome and getting everyone always. The first two weeks um, are, are more about getting everyone primed and ready um, for the meal plan, the meal mm. plan doesn't start till to basically till till day fourteen. Ah. So, so there is definitely still time to sign up if you're keen. Um, just go to the firediabetes.com website, or you can go to the Fire Diabetes page on Facebook. Um, and all the details will be there about how to sign up. Fantastic, fantastic. So, um, yeah, so if anybody still wants to take advantage of that yeah. um, and see what it's all about and get onto a healthier lifestyle and a healthier path, um, then uh, get onto those uh, that Facebook page or that website. But today you are speaking about, oh, my goodness, one of my favorites. Ooh. I kind of figured it might be. I had an <laughs> inkling that you might be a bit of a cheese, oh. cheese addict. Love it. I tell you, when there's a cheese board that comes out, oh, Lord, it is, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like when people go completely mull for a sushi platter. Um, yeah. When the cheese platter comes out, I'm like there. <laughs> and, um, and I'm willing to try anything. It can have the mold on it. It can have, it can be, I mean, I remember years ago when I went on my first trip to Paris and uh, we went to a market and next minute everybody was saying oh my goodness what is that smell and like a block away it was like this cheese shop and um, I mean there were some cheeses in there that could walk out on their own and I thought oh my god this is just disgusting but as I've grown older um, and matured and my palate has matured I've realized that there is some really great cheese out there Yeah. so uh, what have you got to share with us today? Well I mean you in fact the reason we're talking about this you would have loved what I what I was doing yesterday. So I have been I, I had the the, the, the privilege. I'm a, a judge for the national dairy competition. Oh. Actually dairy uh, which is put on by Agri Expo every year. Uh. And so for the past eight years I've been tasting teas. Um, and so yesterday was we have two days of judging. It's split over two days at the moment because of COVID, because the sheer volume of of entries, I mean, we, we had about 900 different products that had entered this year. Um, so that was split over two days because it just isn't possible. To, it's too many, you end up mm. having too many people in the room. Yeah. But in order to keep it spacious and, 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 and COVID friendly, that, that we split the judging over two days. Um, and, and when we're talking 900 products, everything from ice cream to artisanal cheese. So I got to do the cheesy bit. Um, and yesterday I had to taste 75 different cheeses. Oh, it's a really so, rough day at the office, eh? And I love it. You know, I have to, I have to rein myself in to just have a little slither 
um, because I've got so much cheese. And I, one of the first, so it's, it's all done in categories. And so you'll go to the, the blue cheese category and you have to chase 11 entrants there. So each, it's, it's very well um, segmented. Um, and I started, the first group that I had was blue cheese. And I, I had to really, because I love, I love blue cheese. And I, have, I haven't always done that category every year. Because what they do is they divide you, they divide all the categories by the amount of judges. Um, there's five five judges per category. So you don't taste all of the cheese otherwise. It's just humanly impossible to eat that mm, much cheese. Yeah. So I managed to start with blue cheese. And I really had to remind myself that I wasn't at a buffet. I was actually doing some <laughs> judging. Because the judge the cheese, the blue cheese was just outstanding. And it was like tasting like, oh, this is heavenly. And the next one's even better and even better. And it was just, oh, it was heaven. But, I mean, if I look at the, the, the sort of 10... The 10 cheese category, because we judge everything from milk, yogurt, ice cream, any dairy product. Mm-hmm. So, but specifically the cheese is 10 categories. So we start with the fresh cheese, like uh, cream cheese, for example. Then you've got the whey cheeses, also fresh, mm-hmm. um, uh, like ricotta, for example. Um, and then you've got what's known as the, the, the pasta filata cheese, which is, which is the mozzarella. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you at the end of this when I'm going through the different categories because there's a specific criteria for judging uh, a mozzarella, which is quite interesting. You've got your soft cheese, which is your camembert and your brie. Then you've got your semi-soft cheese, like your roublechon. Um, then we start going up to semi-hard, which is gouda. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard cheese is more like your cheddars and more mature cheese. Then you've got the extra hard, like parmesan. You've got the blue cheese, which is obviously... The, the, the varieties are quite quite varied, and then you get the last um, uh, 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 the last group is processed cheese. Um, but it's interesting because I, I I like you. I'm 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 old enough to remember when Gouda was still called sweet milk. Oh yes, and the only cheeses that were available in South uh. Africa were cheddar and sweet milk. That was it, cheddar or Gouda. That's and smelly cheese, yeah. And, and if you had <laughs> if you had some friends who travelled, you might be able to get your hands on a bit of blue or or mm. a camembert if you were lucky. Yeah. You know? So so to, to to think about since those days how the artisanal cheese um, uh, fraternity has, has has mushroomed in this mm. country is quite fantastic. And to see some of the cheeses were just man alive. There was some make the beautiful stuff, buffalo milk cheeses. The, some of the the, the breeze and the camemberts were just exceptional. I was in heaven yesterday I really was um, although I have to admit that I had to do some of the processed cheese well not processed cheese called soft cheese with condiments and for me it's 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 one of those why does this category even exist they stuff with figs and cranberries and chilies and mm. you're kind of like, you're missing the, is this cheese so bad but you have to fill it with all these other bits and pieces. Yeah. But it's a small amount of, of the of the magnificent stuff that's that's on. But I returned to mozzarella. So so there's there's two categories for mozzarella. There's the normal sort of the mozzarella balls, what we call the pure de latte and the burrata, the traditional. And then you actually have a separate category for uh, uh, mozzarella for pizzas. Oh, it's okay. It's a whole process. Yeah, it's 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 judged as two separate entities um, because obviously. It's, it's the, 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 so, so the mozzarella for pizzas is a quite a specific criteria and it involves heating so we have to grate the mozzarella and see how it shreds mm-hmm. and then test it raw and then there's a process whereby we actually melt it so we have a, 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 a you can imagine like a small square glass plate with circles on it and we pack 
30 grams of cheese in the middle, grated cheese in the middle, and you put it under one of those little TV um, uh, grills for exactly two minutes. And then you have to look at things like, um, is there any oil weeping out, which is a good thing. The oil is, if it's got a nice oily sheen to it, it stops it from burning. And then you've got the blister as it starts to bubble, um, mm. and, and what sort of caramelization is it? Is it nice and golden brown or is it starting to burn? Um, and then you've got um, whether or not there's water weeping out, which is a bad sign. Okay. And then the interesting thing is is the stretch test. Test quite funny. There's an actual <laughs> stretch test. Once the cheese has come out of the oven, you uh, you can you leave it for 40 seconds, so it cools down a little bit. And you must put it. You can put a knife into it, and you have to lift it up. And the strands have to stretch for at least 15 centimeters oh, wow. in order for it to be. To, to get decent points. Some of them is, go even further. Is that and a, is that a quite, sorry to interrupt you, is that a good thing when it's like when you've got this mozzarella that yeah, goes street, stretches yeah, forever? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it, 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 too, too far is, is not good. Ah. Too far is not good because that becomes difficult to eat. Yes. You know, so anywhere between sort of 15 and 15 and say 40 centimeters is, is optimal. I can just um, see... Longer than that, becomes unmanageable. I can just see the born men. Now when we have pizza again, I'm going to talk about this and we're yep. all going to be sitting there with our pieces, our slices and seeing how yep. far <laughs> the mozzarella stretches. <laughs> Johanna, it's quite a, I mean, it's quite a, I've done it in the last two years now judging the actual, the, cook, the, the pizza mozzarella. And it's quite fascinating what you can tell because we have an expert with us who's a, who's a bit of a mozzarella fundi and he's explaining, okay, that's why that that's definitely a younger cheese. You can tell from the wow. color. And um, that's the, the, the stringy ones are often um, older cheeses, more mature mm. cheeses. And the ones that don't have a proper stretch are, are, are cheeses that are too young. Yeah. So there's a whole science to it. It's actually quite fascinating. Really quite cool. So before we get on to the, the actual cheese and wine side of things, just relating to the cheese festival. So most Cape Townians or most people in the Western Cape will know the, the National Cheese Festival that's been always held at Sandringham Farm in Stellenbosch. And obviously for the last two years, because of COVID, that's been cancelled. So this year there's going to be a revival of sorts. And this is going to be more like a travelling roadshow cheese festival than mm. one, 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 one venue where it's, uh, where it's celebrated over four or five days. So what what they're actually going to do is that it's called the Cheese Picnic, and it's the the National Cheese Festival pick up pop up picnics, um, and it's basically the each of the weekends in April. Um, I won't give you too many details because we'll revisit it nearer the time. Yes. Um, but suffice it to say, there's over four weekends, excluding the Easter weekend. There's two, and each is on a Saturday and Sunday. Is the Warwick Estate in Stellenbosch. The Benguela Cove out um, um, in Walker Bay, Hood mm-hmm. Post in Darling, and there will be a weekend in Sandringham. So each weekend, the, the travelling pop-up picnic will travel to a different location, um, and each place there will be vendors. We will there. Well, I'll be there with our, our food truck. But there will be loads of cheese and loads of wine, and some some fantastic local artists um, in each venue. Uh, guys like Watershed, Kurt Darren. Uh, uh, Francois Van Koken, Die Gefaar, Flat Stanley, Hills Fantastis, and Odd Matthew. So there's, there's a live attraction of live, great live music as well as all this food, beautiful venues. Um, so the numbers are limited uh, mm. because obviously for, for COVID reasons that they're, they're only looking to sell about 1,500 tickets. So if you want to get ahead of the crowd, you can book through web tickets. 
it's 350 rand a person. But we'll talk a little bit more in detail about which weekends are which. But if you go to the to the Cheese Fest, National Cheese Festival site, you can get all the information as to who's where on which weekend and that kind of thing. So definitely, definitely going to have a look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now we go to the, the old cheese and wine. I know my parents used to have in the 70s cheese and wine parties. That was, mm. like, that was the thing of the day. And I still remember seeing those pineapples with the spikes on the little cubes of cello and oh. coloured pickled onions. Yes, you've brought back, a, back one of those times. scary memories, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. but it's interesting because everyone always says cheese and wine. And it's a difficult pairing because there, you cannot, it's very, very difficult to, to pair one wine mm. with a myriad of cheeses, mm. you know, and, and so you have to start to look at, you know, what cheeses are you going to serve? You know, are you pairing specific wines with cheese? Because simply putting a cheese board up and saying, here's a bottle of Cab Sav, doesn't really Mm-mm. work. Because some of the cheeses work against it. And it's actually interesting because, because um, from a taste perspective, a pairing perspective, white wines actually work better with cheese um, than red wines. Oh. If you're going to generalize and say, like, I, I, I can't, I've got cheeses, but I'm not doing five different wines. If you, if you think about and it's a taste association. If you think about the kind of fruit that you serve with cheese, apples, pears, for example, now that that fruit that fruit per profile is far more it's reflected far more in white wines than it is in red wines. Mm-hmm. So white wines have a more affinity with cheese than, than red wines do, um, and that's generally speaking. But I mean, if we look at, at various wines and, and and the cheeses that work with them, if we start with some of the whites, um, Sauvignon Blanc. Um, everybody's favorite. There, the obvious or the, 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 the pairing that works best is goat's cheese. Goat's cheese mm-hmm. has a nice acidity that works really, really well with Sauvignon Blanc. Um, uh, a more white wine, Chardonnay, uh, uh, cheddar, but not like the hard old sort of 12 month cheddar, more the young sort of mm-hmm. buttery cheddar work really, really nicely with, uh, with, uh, with cheddars. Um, Pinot Grigio works really, really well with mozzarella and, and, and offers some of the softer Italian cheeses. Um, Riesling is great with the rye cheese. Those are a little bit more mature and a little bit. Uh, so if you start to get up to the reds, then you're looking at Cab Sav. Now that's probably best with an aged cheddar, Parmesan. All the sort of harder mature cheese work really, really well with the, with the, with with a hardier and more robust red wine. Mm. Um, when you get to blue, there you're looking for something sweet. Yeah. So there, port often now you know obviously port and Stilton being the ultimate combo. Mm. Um, but their sweet wines, a noble late harvest or a muscat or something along those lines, is 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 a is probably um, a better bit. And it's interesting actually because there are always there's two trains of thought when it comes to cheese and dinner. Um, you know, the, the 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 traditionally the British always serve cheese after dessert, mm-hmm. and the French serve it before. Ah, and it's yeah, and all it is is it's it's to do with the wine pairings, because generally speaking, what happens is. When you are, um, when, when, when you're with main course, you're likely to be serving a red. So the French prefer to carry on drinking red. So they have uh, red paired cheeses after dinner and then they go on to sweet wine. So they don't like to swap back from sweet to savory. Whereas the British, because they like the, 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 the port and the more mature cheddar, which have an affinity particularly with things like the port. So port will be served with cheese before dessert. 
Uh, sorry, after the dessert. So you'll have your dessert and then you'll have your cheese yes. afterwards because you'll finish on the more um, alcoholic and enriched wines um, and you'll have the port afterwards. So the British prefer their cheese afterwards because they have sweeter wines with their cheese and French before, before because they prefer to carry on drinking red wine with their cheese. Very interesting. So, kind of, yeah. so, so the thing there is, depends on the kind of cheese you're going to be serving. Which is it better suited to? That will tell you whether or not you serve it before or after dessert. Absolutely. Sounds fascinating. I never thought that there was, you know, different approaches to it. But uh, um, I am salivating here over the microphone. <laughs> in Yeah, um, absolutely l- l- dying to find somewhere where I can have a cheese board. <laughs> but uh, that was very interesting. Yes. Kind of standard. Yeah. And before, lest anyone think we're neglecting the healthy side to, to our diets, um, cheese is rich in vitamin A, B12, mm. and K2, has lots of zinc, phosphorus, and riboflavins. Fantastic. And high-fat cheeses, like the, um, kind of the, the, the rich blue cheeses, the mature cheddars, which are quite high-fat, very rich in omega-3s, mm. and they have what's known as a, a congelated linoic acid, CLA. That's what it's called. And that apparently helps to prevent obesity, heart disease, and inflammation. Oh, there we so, go. Provided you eat your cheese in moderation, it's also doing you a world of good. Fantastic. Well, there we go. Blue cheese every week from now on. <laughs> yep. Sounds absolutely fa- fa- fascinating. Um, Peter, once again, I've learned so much. Uh, cheese is not just cheese. And uh, I look forward to more information and more um, sort of uh, detail on the Cheese Festival coming up in April. We're definitely going to chat about that. And um, I think uh, um, anybody out there who is a cheese lover like I am, get, got to make plans to at least go for one of those weekends so uh, I look forward to that we chat again next Friday have a great weekend and uh, I hope there's a cheese well I mean after the cheese you've had yesterday do you still want to have cheese this weekend Uh, I think I might be cheesed out for the next couple of days (laughs) Um, I think I may see a little bit carrot um, uh, so maybe next week sometime I'll, I'll entertain another cheese in my diet. Absolutely. Sounds wonderful. Have a fantastic weekend and uh, we'll speak again next week Friday. Fantastic stuff, Vanessa. And to you and the listeners, may the sauce be with you. Bye-bye.